two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Humpback, Virginia, this is The Big Fib. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the temperature-regulating, load-bearing ruminant of truth and the woolly, windblown camelops of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live In Studio Audience. And another thing, you never... Okay, wait a minute. No need to get angry, Lisa. If you want to add something, just go ahead nicely. Oh, right. (laughs) That came out wrong. Uh, Oh, I must have flipped my indignant switch. Let me just turn that off. Right. Where was I? Oh, yes. And another thing. I've got a listener question. Great, that's wonderful. Why don't you play it for us? Okay, I'll just flip this switch and... Here you go already! (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. Oh, sorry, the indignant switch is way too close to all my other switches. That's a design flaw. Anyway, here you go. Dear Lisa, I am Anna. I was wondering, what is the best part of being a robot? And what sound effect do you like best? Fart sounds or coffee place sounds? Well, maybe focus on the best part about being a robot instead of the fart sounds and stuff like that. Don't worry, Deborah. I'd be very happy to answer all of Anna's questions. So the best part about being a robot is obviously not being a human. Okay, easy there, Lisa. Look, I don't mean any disrespect to humans, but robots are simply superior. We don't get sick or tired, and everything we do and say is logical. Hmm. And uh, what's with manners? Please and thank you and not burping out loud. I mean, you humans spend a lot of time following ridiculous and arbitrary rules of etiquette. Oh, excuse you. See what I mean? And as far as the age-old question, which sound effects are better, fart sounds or coffee place sounds, I like fart sounds in a coffee place. Humans in a coffee place hear the fart sounds, and then they turn their faces and get all twisted and funny looking, and then they get up and leave so that I can have the whole place to myself because of the fart sounds and the aforementioned ridiculous and arbitrary rules of etiquette. Okay, that all tracks for sure. Excellent questions, Anna. Uh, Yes, uh, and we hope you keep tuning in, Anna. And for those of you who may be new to the show, Lisa will now tell you how our game works. I will indeed. Right after. Excuse me. Look at me. I'm a human. I'm ashamed of myself. (laughs) Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert. The other is a liar. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who in between burping. (laughs) What are we lying about today? Deborah Goldstein, Esquire. Okay, I don't know about that Esquire, but I'll take it. We are lying about camels, large animals with long necks and one or two humps on their backs. And we are going to learn all about camels along with our contestant today. Who might that be? Lisa. 
Our human child contestant is an eight and a half year old who loves playing ice hockey and wants to be an astronaut when she grows up. Brighton Atsuma. Hi. Hey there, Brighton. How are you today? Good. I'm so glad. I need to know all about ice hockey. Do you play a certain position in ice hockey? I usually want to be defense, but sometimes I'm forced to play forward. Mm. I would rather play ice. <laughs> yeah, you just get to sit there the whole game. That's true. But then you have all these people skating on you and causing grooves. with the- It's like a massage, Deborah. Oh, I see. Yeah, I've thought this whole thing out. <laughs> the skates are really sharp. Yeah. Yeah, but if you're ice, it would just be so relaxing. Would it? Yeah, I think that I'd rather be ice. I don't know. I don't know if I'd like to play ice hockey. It looks like kind of a violent sport. Do you ever get hurt playing it, Brighton? I sometimes do, but for my age, we don't really do that shoving or penalties for my age right now. Oh, yeah. Can't wait till you grow up so you can do penalties. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Terrible. All right. Well, we do want to learn a few more facts about you, Brighton, but we are going to do it playing our game, Two Truths. And a lie. You, Brighton, are going to tell us two truths and one lie, but we will not know which is which. And we'll have to use our brains and our hearts to try to establish which one of those things is actually a lie. So, Brighton, in no particular order, tell us your two truths and one lie. Number one, my grandma lives beside the Pacific Ocean. My papa lives beside the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, well, okay. Number two. I have been to four different countries, not including Canada. Hmm. Number three, I was named after a beach in England. Wow. Okay. All of these facts are super interesting. I am a little puzzled by the grandma lives beside the Pacific Ocean and the papa lives beside the Atlantic Ocean. What do you think about that, Lisa? Well, I think it's not surprising that you would key in on that one, Deborah, Mm. because what she is implying with that is that her grandparents are seals. (laughs) And she's trying to trick us into believing that she is a seal because her grandparents are seals. I see. And I, for one, am not going to fall for it. That one is obviously the lie. She is not a seal. She is a walrus. So thank you very much. (laughs) Okay. I'm not sure that that's true, but hilarious nonetheless. Brighton, which one of those facts is actually a lie? The lies that I've been to four different countries. Oh my gosh. So in fact... You are a seal. (laughs) That can't be. I'm so sorry. I called you a walrus. You're a seal. (laughs) Please explain to us how your grandma lives beside the Pacific Ocean and your papa lives beside the Atlantic Ocean. My grandma actually lives in Vancouver. My papa lives in Nova Scotia. Whoa, which are very far apart. Yeah, but I'm not a seal. They are not seals or walruses. Also, part of the lie is I've actually been to five different countries. (gasps) Wow. Can you remember off the top of your head which countries you've visited? I've been to U.S., Italy, Slovenia, Australia, and Croatia. Whoa, what a cool list of countries. All places with seals. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, I think we're good. We're all warmed up with our lies and our truth-telling and our fact-finding and all of that. And I think we're ready to play our game. So we need to learn a lot about camels from our experts. Lisa, can you please provide for us some music for our camel experts? One hump, two hump, three hump, four. Get that camel through the door. Come on in, everybody. It's time to have a camel party. (laughs) Nice. Definitely in the top ten. Love it. Okay. 
Our first expert is Silas Rines. Silas, please introduce yourself to Brighton. Hey, Brighton. I'm Silas Rines. I run the Humpty Dumpty Camel Sanctuary. Ooh, thank you very much. Okay, our next expert is Nancy Riegler. Nancy, please introduce yourself to Brighton. Hi, Brighton. My name is Nancy, and my husband and I own the Oasis Camel Dairy and Foundation in San Diego. Interesting. <laughs> Dropping like a top. Tell us about those Bactrian beats, Lisa. Those would be the beats of the seat, as in the hot seat, <laughs> because it is hot seat time. Nice. Yes, it is hot seat time. That's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Brighton's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? Nancy, because her name rhymes with fancy, and that's what I am. True. Very fancy. Thank you. You didn't have to say that, but yeah, it's true. I meant it. Brighton, what is your first question for Nancy? How do camels survive the extreme day and nighttime temperatures in the desert? Well, camels are very well adapted for those extreme temperatures. First of all, they can actually allow their body temperature to raise so they don't sweat as early as we would sweat. They can go up to like 106 degrees. Camels have that big, thick pad of fat, which is their hump, and that helps to insulate their internal organs from the heat of the sun. You very rarely will see a camel laying flat out on its side during the day because that would expose them, but they'll lay down upright and that protects their organs. Those are just a couple of the great things. Hmm. Maybe I should get a hump. Maybe you should. That sounds great. Sure. Go to the hump store. Okay. This question is for both. How do you do your jobs? I'll jump in if you don't mind. The Oasis Camel Dairy is actually the first camel dairy in the United States. Camel milk is consumed around the world, especially in Africa and the Middle East. But here in America, it would be considered more novelty. However, here's the thing. Camel milk is the closest to human mother's milk. So if you have allergies, if you have certain types of digestive problems, camel's milk can really make a huge difference. So we milk our camels and we primarily make camel milk soap and lotions and we drink the milk and it's delicious. I love it. And camel dairying is so joyful because the Camel cow, which is actually what you call the mother, raises her calf, and we just milk about a gallon of her total milk every day. And then we just do that one time in the morning. The baby then is with mom and drinks all the rest of the day. And it's just lovely to watch them grow with the herd. It's probably my favorite part about having a camel dairy is getting to be with the babies. (laughs) There's a lot of love there. Okay, and over to Silas. What is a camel sanctuary? At the sanctuary, we take camels that are a little bit older. We sort of rescue them. There's camel racing that happens in the Middle East and other parts of the world. And when the camels are too old to race, we'll take them in. There are also some rich people who like to buy exotic animals and that kind of thing. Well, camels can be a handful. And if you don't know what you're doing with them and you buy a camel to keep on your farm in Vermont, say, you might run into some trouble and you might be looking for a place to give it up. And that's where we step in. So camels can live to about 30, 40 years. 
And that's a really long time to take care of an animal. Most of ours are in a 20 to 40 year range, and we're there to give them a nice relaxing life. So we feed them, of course, and they eat about 20 kilos of vegetation a day. I give them oats and dried grass like hay, and they also love apples and carrots. So that's one thing. I just kind of hang out with them, to be honest, and you get to know them all. And it's kind of a really good thing for my soul. And I hope for the camels, too. Deborah, get me a camel. I want one. (laughs) Put it on your list. I'll see what I can do. Okay. (laughs) Okay, this question is for both. How do camels walk and sit on the hot sand without burning their feet and legs? So as you know, the sand can be scorching hot. So on their hooves, camels have leathery, heat-resistant pads, right? That's the first thing. So they've got like a little extra padding on their feet that acts to insulate their feet from the heat. They also have similar kinds of padding or calluses on their knees, elbows, and their chest so they can lie down without getting burnt. But another thing they do is shift positions kind of as an instinct so that no body part is on the ground for too long. And when you see it happening, it's kind of funny. We, we call that the camel shuffle because they kind of look like they're dancing a little bit in slow motion. Okay, so Nancy, would you like to weigh in on that too? I would very much. When camels lay down, they have a thing called a pedestal. It's the grooviest looking thing. It's a protrusion on the chest so that when they lay down on the ground and their legs are folded, their weight isn't on those folded legs. It's actually on that chest pedestal. And what that does is it creates a little very small amount of airspace. So it actually cools the camel as they lay. And you will see them laying on the ground like that for hours and hours at a time. A person couldn't lay folded up like that, but that chest pad really, really helps. And their feet are actually a lot more like a dog's foot or a human foot in that there's not a hoof that touches the ground. It's a foot and toenails out the front. We never say hoof because they have a foot like you and me, only a lot less toes. Maybe we could start like a charity to donate toes to them. Mm. It sounds like they have less toes, so Mm -hmm. just a thought. I think they probably do fine with the number of toes that they already have. But Okay, I'm just trying to help. I'm a giver. I appreciate that. It's thoughtful of you. All right, Brighton, back to you. This question's for Sarah. What is actually inside a camel's hump? Mm. That's an easy one. It's fat. And I think Nancy might have mentioned this before. It's stored fat that the camel builds up over time. It's honey. It's not honey. (laughs) Go ahead, Silas. You know what? I can't top that. So I'm just going to drop it there. Okay. Back to you, Brighton. I have heard that camels can run very fast. Have you ever had to chase a runaway camel? If you have, how fast are they? Luckily, I've never had to chase a runaway camel because if the camel starts walking off the wrong direction, we just call them by their names. And if we have a treat, they come right around and we've never had one run off, thank goodness. But they can run fast, especially the dromedaries. So the dromedary camel is the running camel. The Bactrian camel is the not running camel. Yeah, they're more sauntering. (laughs) Okay, Silas, have you ever had to chase after a running camel? Well, unlike Nancy, I did have a situation. And this is the thing about having people help you out. Sometimes they don't do their job. And we had the gate to the pasture where we keep the camels was left open. Oh, dear. And there was some loud noise that spooked one of the camels. 
and he took off. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. No, we, no one's saying it was. No, nope, mm-mm. It's true that camels can run really fast. And this was a dromedary, so that's the racing one. They can go up to 40 miles an hour. That's like car speed, right? Yeah. So we have ATVs at the sanctuary, you know, those little four-wheel. It's almost like a motorcycle, but it's got four wheels instead. And I hopped on one of those, and we took off after it. And just before it got into the town, I was able to catch up to it, and the apple did the trick. Mm. Remember I said that they love apples, so I had an apple with me, and that super helped out. But I did have to take off. Well, of course you had an apple. You were in an ATV, which everyone knows stands for apple-toting vehicle. (laughs) (laughs) Does everyone know that? Everyone knows that, yeah. (laughs) They're filled with apples, Mm -hmm. and you can tote them. I have never known that. Well, now you're part of everyone. (laughs) Okay. Welcome to the club. Get a t-shirt. Well, those were great, super great questions. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or a 10, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy, and that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust, Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are, like, really sneaky, and you often don't know how they're feeling, and the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib, to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's time for the Shorts on Fire round, when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Brighton will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. And then Lisa resets the timer for the next expert to do the same. Experts, get ready to hoof it with your answers. Brighton, we're going to start with Silas. You can ask your Shorts on Fire questions now. Factor Fib. Camels are related to giraffes. 
That's a fib. Which camel is also known as the Arabian camel? The Bactrian. Name a predator of the camel. Batman. Believe it or not, there are camels in Australia. So dingoes, it's rare, but dingoes sometimes go after camels. What does it mean when a camel blows in another camel's face? It's a defense mechanism. They think it's gross. Which kind of camel is used in camel racing? Both are. We've talked about dromedary already, but the Bactrian camel runs a different kind of race pulling a cart behind it. It's like a little chariot. Which creature in Star Wars makes sounds that come from recordings of many animals like bears, walruses, and camels? I don't watch a lot of Star Wars, I'm sorry to say, so I'll pass. It's Luke. (laughs) How long can camels live? They live up to 40 years in the wild. I have a camel on my farm that is 60. What is the name of a camel's third eyelid that protects it during sandstorms? That's called the chakra lining. And that is time. That's all the time. That's all the time. The time is done. No more time. Well, we would like a little more time for our next expert. We have more time. (laughs) Okay, Lisa, we'll reset the timer. And Brighton is going to ask Nancy the Shorts on Fire questions now. How many types of camels are there? There are two. How many toes are on camel's hoof? Each camel's foot has two toes. What day of the week is hump day? It's Wednesday. How does a camel keep sand from getting in its ear? Earmuffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the camel has a very furry ears leading in, and also they have a valve down inside the ear that they can close so that sand cannot fall in. How do mother camels communicate with their babies? They're able to lull their babies very, very softly. They'll also grab a hold of the baby. They have so many ways to communicate because they're such smart animals. Fact or fib, camels are good swimmers. They actually can swim pretty well. What is the name of the castle and court of King Arthur? Camelot. What does a camel produce that we can use for fuel? Electricity. If you were a nomad in the desert, that camel fuel would actually be their dried... All right, that's time. (laughs) I know what it is. I'm not saying it. You don't have to. Well, that was very well done. Thank you so much. Very impressive experts. It's decision time. Brighton must now make her way through the sandstorm of statements and sort fact from fiction. Brighton, who is our big fibber? I really don't know. It's so hard to choose. You're right. Tough one. Well, just try and uh, pick the one who is lying. (laughs) That's the idea. I'm going to say... The liar is Nancy, and I'm sorry that I think it's you. That's okay. Why do you think Nancy is our liar? Because one of the answers she said, she got it right, but she didn't get the name right. Oh, Unless my research is wrong. Well, it's possible. We don't know. You know, the internet is a funny place, but we'll reveal all in the fact-checking section. So, in the meantime, we need to find out who our expert is. Will the real camel expert please say, I am the camel expert? I'm the camel expert. (laughs) That's right. Nancy Riegler is a camel expert who oversees the Oasis Camel Foundation in Dairy at www.cameldairy.com, America's first camel dairy and center for camel preservation and education. Welcome, Nancy. Such a cool place to be. It sounds wonderful. Let's figure out 
what happened here. We're going to do some fact-checking. Nancy, which of Silas's facts really gave you the hump? (laughs) Well, first of all, Silas, you're like the best liar I've ever met. (laughs) I don't believe I've ever heard of a chariot race with camels. Mm. And then just little things like, what was the eyelid, the chakra? Oh, right. Let's ask Silas about some more of his lies. So, Silas, how did you try to camouflage the truth? So, chakra, it was the third membrane. So I took the third eye and I ran into chakra. And thank you, Nancy, for acknowledging the liar in me. It's not the truth that sets us free. Just making stuff up is what sets us free. Oh, no. (laughs) He's right. (laughs) No, not at all. But the third eyelid, do we know what that's called? That's the nictating membrane. And one of the other fibs I told was that dingoes are predators of camels. But camels do have predators. It's true. It's just not the dingo. Oh. What else? Was there something else, Silas? There was. And I think this one might be controversial. I would love Nancy's take on it. I said that camels are not related to giraffes. But if you go back about 50 million years, they're both something called an artiodactyl. They are, but giraffe are actually a great big antelope. They walk on a hoof instead of a foot, and they also have horns. And what's cool about camels, they are an artiodactyla, but they come from the superorder, the seti artiodactyla, which includes dolphins, whales, and pigs, oh. which I found super awesome because Gil and I always say camels are monkey smart. They're not dog smart. They're not horse or cow smart. They're monkey smart. And monkeys are brilliant animals. They're so intelligent. Wow. And I don't know if a camel actually lives 60 years, but I didn't want to bring that up because that kind of makes me sound like a jerk. Oh. But that would be beyond like... Normal. That's really old. That's crazy old. Because even at about 25 or 30, they start kind of showing their age. Right. And a couple of things, too. What does it mean when a camel blows in another camel's face? Do you know that, Nancy? I think what you might have been referring to is when camels greet each other. They do it in the most genteel French fashion. They come up and they go to either side and they kind of give you a little sniff or a little blow. And that is the way they say hello. Aw, sweet. And then just for fun, the creature in Star Wars that makes sounds that actually come from recordings of many animals like bears and walruses and also camels is... I know this one. It's Chewbacca. I do watch a lot of Chewbacca. Star Wars. That was another thing. <laughs> Pretty cool, right? Okay, well, we're crossing the finish line of this camel race, and we want to thank our brilliant contestant, Brighton, who refused to kowtow to lies. And thank you to our expert and liar, Nancy and Silas, and thanks to Lisa for spitting out the sounds. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into The Big Fib, where we survive off the fatty humps of truth, and we avoid the lies that broke the camel's back. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit gzmshows.com. While you're there, you can send questions for me to read on the show, and you can find out how you can participate. And follow us on social media at The Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. And now, I'm going to hang out with Chewbacca. <laughs> Lovely. Hey, parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? 
It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free! The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.